0: learning to stand in God's kingdom it's not necessarily a really pretty thing but God is just so proud when we're learning to stand And uh, I want to go through um, several verses at the beginning, my main text will come in the second point, but my first point is just going to have tons of little verses in there and uh, okay, we've got it up there already thing I want us to look at today is that every believer needs to learn to stand and standing is something you learn it's, it's not like it's just automatically you just can stand against everything it's it's something you learn but every believer needs to learn to stand you don't have to but it's much better <laughs> It's a whole lot better. Let's just look at some verses here. I wanted us to see that uh, in the scriptures it's kind of all over the place. And I'm going to look at various letters and we'll see that these letters that inspired by the Holy Spirit written to churches. It's like letter after letter after letter they're being told stand, stand. So, in uh, the letter to the Corinthian church 1 Corinthians 15.58 says therefore my dear brothers stand firm let nothing move you now was the Corinthian church known to be the church that was very mature in every area no no not at all there was a lot of issues there with the Corinthian church but Paul says stand stand 1 Corinthians 16.13 says this be on your guard stand firm in the faith be men of courage be strong let's go to uh, the church at Ephesus these are some uh, things that were this is my day today evidently but that's okay I will stand <laughs> I'm pressing the right button several times okay <clears throat> that's... we need to back up quite a bit so let's just go right back to the beginning again thank you very much and uh, we'll go to the next one okay there we go Ephesus towards the end of the letter in chapter 6 it says this starting with verse 10 finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can do what what's it say can take your stand Depending on your translation, but you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil wants to resist us, wants to oppose us. He'll bring depression. He'll bring discouragement. He'll bring doubt. He'll bring unbelief. He'll bring all kinds of things. And the scripture says, learn to stand. Learn to stand. Ephesians 6 verse 13. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, it didn't say if, the day of evil comes. It says when. And it's not just one day out of your life. Okay? It happens. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then. With a belt of truth. Buckled around your waist. Standing. That was, to the letter, or that was a letter to the Ephesian church. Let's look at Philippi. The church at Philippi. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. It just keeps church after church after church. The message is, stand, stand. Now, these churches were pretty new. Some of them were pretty new churches. And Paul didn't say, you know, I'm going to wait two or three or four years before I tell you to stand. Man, he just starts right off. Learn to stand. Learn to stand. Let's go to Colossians. Chapter 4, verse 12. That you may stand firm in all the will of God. Mature and fully assured. Standing firm. The church at Thessalonica, let's take a look at that one quickly. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. Of course, we're getting them by letter here. There's one more I want to look at. And this one was addressed. uh, James, uh, he addresses this to, to the Christians scattered throughout the nations. So it wasn't just a church somewhere. There were Christians that were scattered. And he says this. You too. Be patient and stand firm, just like all the other churches, everywhere else. Be patient. Stand firm. Because the Lord's coming is near. How long ago was that written? Yeah, a couple thousand years ago. (laughs) Okay. In the grand scheme of eternity, the Lord's coming is near. And it's getting closer. It's getting closer. So church, the... uh, First point, we just see from these scriptures. God wants his children to learn to stand. And just like the little video clip I showed, you know, it may not look pretty, it may look pretty uneasy, and there might be some stumbling, <clears throat> excuse me, but learning to stand is so important. It's so important. Um and the length of time that you're a Christian is not necessarily a clue that you've learned to stand. Some Christians learn to stand pretty quick. And others have gone a long time and never really learned to stand. And some might say, "I don't think I have what it takes to stand." Have you ever thought that? Don't raise your hand, but have you ever thought that? I've tried to stand. I mean, I've heard these messages. And I leave. And I try to stand. And I keep falling. Well, let's go to point number two. This is an important point. It's God who enables us to stand. Because we get so self-focused. You know, we're thinking, do I have what it takes? What about me? What do... It's God who enables His children to stand. Okay? And uh, I kind of have to get through some preliminaries here to get to that main point. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to stay in chapter 1, starting with verse 15 and going through a few verses. Let's just read that right now. Because I was confident of this, I planned to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I planned to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. When I planned this, did I do it lightly? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no? So what's going on here? Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He had planned on coming to visit them. He'd visited them before. Things had been difficult. There was a lot of problems in the church. He had planned on visiting again, but he saw that he was going to have to deal with more stuff. Because there were still areas that they were resisting him in, and there were some leaders in the church that were, you know, causing some strife and so on. And I mean they, they had a lot of stuff going on. There were there were Christians that were suing one another in court. There were Christians that were getting drunk at the Lord's table and they weren't sharing food. And there was just all kinds of sexual immorality, all kinds of stuff going on. And Paul, he just couldn't go back again to correct them. So he didn't. He said, my plan was, but that's not what happened. So now... There were people at Corinth that were saying, yeah, Paul says this, and then he does that. He doesn't keep his word. Yeah, I'm going to visit you. No, I'm not going to visit you. So now he's having to deal with this. They're saying Paul's word, uh, he doesn't keep his word, it doesn't mean anything. Well, the, the next verses that we look at, it's interesting because Paul is, starts talking about how his word... But then he kind of transfers into talking about his message and then he starts talking about the Lord. Kind of all the same theme through it though. Verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful. Yeah, I know you guys are saying I'm not faithful. I know you're saying I didn't keep my word. But let me just say this. As surely as God is faithful. God doesn't say yes and then turn around and say no. He's not yes, yes, no, no. As surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. This message that we brought to you was consistent. It was about Jesus. And it wasn't a yes and no thing. We didn't say one thing one time and turn around and say something different the next time. No, it was consistent. It was about Christ. It was very clear. Then he goes on to say this. Verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him, in Christ, it's always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Again, he's talking about this faithfulness of the Word. And... In Christ, it's not like well, I know I said these things are yours in Christ, but they're really not. No, not it's it's not yes and no. It's not yes and no. It's yes. The message was yes, it didn't change. All the promises of God that are ours in Christ Jesus are yes. It's not yes and no. It's yes. Yes, in Christ, there is forgiveness of sins. Yes. Yes, in Christ, we receive the gift of righteousness. It's not yes and no, it's just yes. Let's look at some more here. In Christ, we are restored to God, brought back into a right relationship with Him, become His children. Yes? Yes. It's not yes and no, it's yes. Okay? We have eternal life in Christ, yes? yes. We have victory over death in the grave in Christ. Yes? yes? Yes, it's not yes and no. The devil will tell you it's yes and no. but God's word says no, it's just yes. It's yes. In Christ, God lives in us by His spirit. Yes? Yes. yes. The Spirit of God is not hopping in and out of us every other day. In Christ is their wholeness. Does He heal people? Yes. Yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are Yes. yes in Christ. That's why I really encourage you to read your Bible. Find out all those things. And then... You say, well, you have a part to play, actually. You have a part to play because the verse goes on to say this. The next part. And so through him, through Christ, the amen is spoken by who? Us. What is this amen stuff? I didn't grow up in church. Then I got saved when I was about 18. And these Christians would say this word, amen. The world does not use that word. Amen. I never went to high school and heard anybody saying amen after a teacher said something. Okay, I mean, it's what is this word? What does amen mean? Yeah, it basically means, so be it. I'm in agreement with that. So the yes is spoken by God. There, yes in Christ and through him, through Christ the Amen is spoken by us Yes, we agree Amen, so be it to the glory of God God is glorified when we say Amen to the things he has said Have you ever disagreed with God? <laughs> Have you ever lied? Never. Never. Listen. We don't normally out and out say, God, I disagree with you. But he says things in his word sometimes and we read it and we say, I don't really think I can do that. I don't really think that's for me. But what the Lord wants us to say is, Amen. Amen. Now, I'm leading up to my second point. I haven't gotten to the second point, but all of this is leading up to the second point. We we need to learn to agree. Say amen to the glory of God. Say amen to these things. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) Wow, that was awesome. Look at this next verse. I'm talking about standing. The very next verse. It says this. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Now we're looking at God's word here. What does that say? Who makes us stand firm? God. And is God yes and no? Or is it just yes? It's just yes. He says it and it's not, well I'm... I meant that for every other weekend. No, it's just yes. Right. It's just yes. It's right. And he says, it is God who makes both us, Paul was talking about those who brought the message, us and you, the ones who received the message, stand firm in Christ. Everybody needs to learn to stand in the kingdom of God. And God says, and I'm the one who enables you. Right. God I just can't stand and he may say that's true if it's just depending on you but I'm the one who makes you stand firm we've got to stop looking at ourselves so much I just don't think I can do this I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and the Lord would say you know I love you and you've been trying but you just keep trying in your own strength Stop that. Give up trying to be strong enough yourself. And say, God, I need your help. If I am ever going to stand in this area, it is only because you help me. And he says, perfect. Perfect. I am able (coughs) to make you stand firm. He is able. (coughs) saxophone. You are an awesome saxophone. You're awesome. You look awesome. It's it's even standing. Standing awesome. Play that music like you did earlier today. It's not what I heard. That sounds different. (laughs) Didn't didn't you hear it earlier today in the service? Didn't it sound great? Well, how come it's not doing anything now? Because it's not in John's hands. Mr. John, would you come up, please? That saxophone... Is not working the way it should because it's not in his hands. We're going to let it get in John's hands. I trust Sorry. Were you a little nervous to do it on your own? No, it's just that he's always this. But- <laughs> All right. Now I'm not asking for a whole song, but I just want to hear some. Just want to hear something out of that saxophone because it was working before. Sorry. <laughs> John a hand. Let's give him a hand. What was the difference? Why wasn't it working like it should and now it is? What was the difference? It was in John's hands. That's the whole point. God says I want you to stand. I want you to stand. And sometimes we say I just can't. And he would say I know, because you're not in my hands. Get in my hands. Then it's going to work. We have to learn to place our help, ourselves in the hands of God on a daily basis. Because it doesn't say the pastor makes both us and you stand. It says God makes both us and you stand. It is the will of God for every one of his children to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It is the will of God for every one of his children to learn to stand against feelings that try to run their lives. And we stand and say, no. I'm not waking up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm not having a bad day. This is a God day. This is a God day. We have to learn to stand in faith, to stand in Christ, to stand in the gospel. There's a lot of verses on standing. And it is my experience says it's been kind of a painful process. But you know what God's word says? And if I, I think I'm going to talk about this next week, he says, "I want it to be a joyous process." Yeah. Count it all joy, brethren. When you fall into various diverse temptations or whatever challenges. So we'll talk about that next week. We're going to implement the joy thing into this next week. But today, I want us to wrap our minds and thoughts around this. In Christ, it's always yes. God, is your will for me to learn to stand and overcome? Yes. God, can I do this? Yes. But, it's because He's doing the work in us. Not us ourselves. Pastor Mike, I've heard this message before. I even took notes. And I failed. I'm too weak. I'm just too weak. Well, Christians have been evaluating their spiritualness for a long time. And some Christians, when the scriptures were being written, some Christians thought that they had stronger faith than others, and they said, yeah, that brother so-and-so is kind of a weak Christian. Give him time, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure, but maybe. Let's look at this verse. Romans 14.4 Paul is dealing with his judging other Christians on how strong they are spiritually. Whether they're weak or strong Christians. Or whether they're weak or strong in faith. And Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God speaking to us says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? We are all servants of God. You know, none of you are my servant. I'm the pastor. But none of you are my servant. Mere God's servant. Who are we to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. And it's talking about God. To his own master he stands or falls. And look at the last part. And he will stand. It's talking about Christians who are weak. They weren't fully understanding the things that were theirs in Christ. Their consciences were weak. Was seared. That's, you know. Read the chapter, see what it's all talking about. That wasn't proper English. But anyway, see what it's talking about. But it says, he will stand. Why? Who's able? The Lord is able to make him stand. Now, if there's anybody here today, you're thinking, I just, I keep failing. I just can't stand in this area. I'll never be able to. You're starting to embrace the things that the devil wants you to believe. And you have to reject that because he will always try to discourage matter of fact we're going to pray about discouragement today at the end of the service he'll try to discourage and do all that kind of stuff we've got to start saying amen amen God amen and when you say amen the devil will say well you know that's not really true you're lying right now when you say amen he's always doing stuff like that when are we ever supposed to listen to him never never Never. Never. Did anybody listen to him this week? <laughs> Never. You know, what, you know when I have to be careful not to listen to him? Monday mornings. It's like after Sunday, Monday morning, I just... I'm a mess on Monday mornings sometimes. In my eyes. but I don't even listen to me on Monday morning (laughs) I say yes Lord I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus (laughs) Okay, okay, let's move on church if when it comes to thinking about spiritual things if most of the time you're thinking about yourself in the equation then you've got it turned around If most of your time you're evaluating your spiritual condition, you've got it turned around. Our eyes are not supposed to be on ourselves all day long. Where are they supposed to be? They're supposed to be on God. They're supposed to be on Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author, the starter, and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. So let's just be people that say amen and yes Lord and keep our eyes on Him. The devil says, today you're gonna to fall. You just keep your eyes on Jesus and you say, God, you're my, you're my rock, you're my fortress, you're my foundation. Today I am strong in you. We need to learn to stand. We need to learn to stand. Let's go on with our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. <clears throat> Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Then it goes on and says a few more things, and let's just take a look at this. It says, He anointed us. God anointed us. Did we anoint ourselves? No, who did it? God did it. God is the one who anointed us. Set his seal of ownership on us. Did we set the seal of God on ourselves? Who did it? God did it. Did he ask for our help? No. No, he just did it. And put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Who did that? God did it. We didn't do it. God did it what I'm seeing here is, it's is being emphasized over and over again. God did this. God did this. God did this. Now when it comes to standing, God is the one who's going to help you do this. That's right. Okay? It's not a human person. I mean we encourage one another and that's a real thing. But God is the one who gives us the strength, the ability, the wisdom, all of that that we need to stand. He's the one who does that. So, Every believer must learn to stand and keep standing. It's not something you learn and then just coast with. You don't really coast in those standings. <laughs> okay. you, you, you learn to stand and then you just keep standing. But there can be joy in it. It is God who enables us to stand. And so the last point is very simple. Put your faith and hope in God. Put your faith and hope in Him. Again, I'm going to pray about discouragement because I think, that, I think there's people, they get discouraged in their walk with God. But it's because they start looking at themselves and, and just, we can't do that. We have to keep our eyes on our Savior. We have to keep our eyes on our Lord. And He is able to make us stand. Well, what if I fail? Well, get up. Just get up. Put your eyes on Him again. And continue to trust Him. Is there a timetable on this? Not really. But we just live one day at a time. So, today. You know, stand today. Yesterday's gone. Let that go. Tomorrow? You can't do anything about tomorrow. Today. Today. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. And he goes back to the fact that my yes and my no, I'm not a yes-no person, okay? I said yes, I was coming to you, but I realized it was going to be a painful visit, and I just didn't want to do that at that time. So, God knows my motives and hearts behind it all. I'm not a person whose word means nothing, and God is not a one, one whose word means nothing either. I call God as my witness that it was it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Now that we not that we lord it over your faith. I didn't come to see you, but let me just remind you again. I don't lord it over your faith. I'm not controlling your faith. You have your own faith in Christ. You have your own relationship with God that must grow. I don't lord it over you. I'm not dictating everything in your life. But, it goes on to say, we work with you for your joy. I just want to encourage you. I want to help you. I want to strengthen you. But you have your faith in God. As a pastor, I don't want to run people's lives. You know, I'm challenged enough to run my own, let alone everybody else's. I don't want to run people's lives. But I want to encourage you. You've got a relationship with God if you've received Jesus into your life. He is in your life. And I want to encourage you and strengthen you and just, you know, help you with joy. With joy. And then it goes on to say this. Because it is by faith you stand firm. It is by putting your eyes on your God, believing your God, saying amen to your God, that you can stand firm. God's plan for us is really a good plan. He takes people that get kind of messed up in life. And he takes them. And he says, Now, you're my workmanship. You were your own. You thought you were your own, but the devil was doing a lot of stuff, but now you're mine. You're my workmanship. And I'm going to start working in your life now. And I'm going to teach you how to resist Satan. And I'm going to teach you how to resist the old nature that still doesn't want to serve me. Our old nature will never want to serve God. (laughs) You, you know, there is no training your old nature. Scripture says it just has to die. You just have to reckon yourself dead to that old thing and alive to God now. So God is working in us. And uh, even though, if I was to show that video again with the alpaca, you know, walking around two, two back legs were out and walking on its knees and stuff I mean some of us that's the way we look in our spiritual walk okay I mean it really is and God doesn't say that is disgusting I am embarrassed you know what he doesn't say that he says look they're trying to stand look man that's ugly, but yet it's so cute. <laughs> and in that video, you know, I, I assume that was the mama alpaca. I don't know a lot about alpacas, okay? So <laughs> I'm going to assume that was the mama alpaca. She didn't do everything for the baby. She didn't put her teeth around its neck and lift it up and say, you're standing now, as it's dangling. She nudged it some. You know, when it kind of stumbled again, she nudged it. God, He he takes joy in seeing us say yes to Him and trying to stand. And if we wobble around some, He doesn't do it for us. He's working with us. He is our strength. But some of us are just waiting for God to do everything. And that's not the way the kingdom works. He wants to do it in us. So we may wobble, we may fall, but he's always going to nudge. He's always going to remind you, just get back up again. Learn to stand. He'll put you in situations where you have to stand. Is anyone in one right now? Raise your hand. Are you in a situation where you just have to stand right now yeah yeah life will do that but the answer is still yes it isn't just yes when things are going smooth it's yes when you're in the midst of a very difficult thing God's word is still yes it's still yes I love to see my kids grow up mature and and overcome stuff I love to see it Do you want to raise your kids to be dependent on you in that they can't do anything on their own? No. They need to learn to have their own life. We are always dependent on God, but He's not doing everything for us. We put faith in what He says, and then He works in our life. You and I have to exercise faith. Does God want you to stand? Alright, let's just... Let's all say that together. Does God want you to stand? Yes. Are you able to stand? Yes. Yes. Because God is going to make it possible. Put your faith in God. Now I want to pray about this. I'm not going to ask people to come forward. Our worship team, would you come? We'll, we'll close and worship in just a moment. <clears throat> um... One of the things that the enemy wants to do in the lives of a believer is to just constantly wear them down and discourage them. And some Christians, you know, doubt and things will come along and, and it just is a wearing thing. It just wears and wears and wears. And it's not that God says, you know what, I will never let that happen to you. It's not that God says that. But he says, I'll help you overcome that thing. I'll help you get victory over that thing. I'll help you walk on top of that thing. That's what he wants to do. But we're going to pray about discouragement. And let's stand. Stand. I just want to pray for the body as a whole for a moment and then there'll be opportunity if anybody wants prayer for anything you can come and we'll pray Father I just ask that you'll just kind of direct me right now because I want to follow what you're wanting me to do Lord these are these are your people you know everything that everybody's going through But there's something that you want to do today. You wanted them to get a message from your word, but there's something else you wanted to do today. And uh, Father, I just pray that you'll just direct me. Just direct me. I lead you in a prayer concerning discouragement, getting discouraged, getting downcast, having the spirit of heaviness instead of joy. God doesn't want you to settle for that. He wants you to stand and say, No. I'm not going to embrace this discouragement. I'm not going to receive it. I'm not going to let it run my life. We have to learn to stand. And so today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It may not apply to everybody, but I'm going to lead you in this prayer. It's going to deal with discouragement. So, let's talk to God. Say this with me. God, Your word is yes. And I say amen. Discouragement is not from you. I shouldn't let it into my life. So right now, I speak to that discouragement. I stand right now. And I say to discouragement you do not run my life I do not give you any place in my life you are not from my father and I reject you right now in Jesus name and father I will choose to praise you I will choose to thank you I will choose to believe you Because you are my strength. I overcome in you to your glory. And Father, I thank you for joy. I thank you for victory. I thank you for life. Oh, we need to say that again. Some of you have stopped thanking God for life. I thank you for life. Say it again. I thank you for life. I want life. I will live life. And you are with me. And you will help me. And I will be strong in you. And I will overcome. I will stand. And having done all, stand. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Just praise it right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for life. Lord, life is a gift It's not a burden. it's a gift We thank you for it And we reject the enemy, he's a liar And we embrace your word We say amen to it Amen, amen to it Amen And Father God, your plans For each one of us They may be challenging But they're good And they fit our lives They fit the way you've made us We embrace your plans We embrace life. We embrace you. And we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave his life for us. We thank you for life. We thank you for life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have the worship team just close the service with a worship song. If you wanted to pray individually for anything, just please come during that time and we'll pray for any individual needs. If you wanted to come and just spend some time with the Lord, the altars are open for that. We'll just finish the service here with uh, some good praise and worship.